In this game chat, Ruth and I talk about the game world taking place outside of a game involving friends and communities of players. This, I think this issue of co-authorship comes to the fore in um, some of the online cooperative games that you have now. The rules, the sort of social norms and the culture of gaming in that mm. environment is something that is subtly shaped by the designer and but mm. certainly created by the users when they engage at that level. Yeah, there's a lot of games, multiplayer games like that are shaped by the audience as well. Like the meta game, so they call it, is, is shaped by the, the audience. And then even the rules of the game, the community rules and guidelines will be built around that. So that meta you're talking about there, is that involving the uh, community in, uh, through social media in, while the game is being developed or as it's being hosted? As it's being hosted, I think the, you know, you see in multiplayer games, especially competitive games where people are being paid to compete in a game. So uh, they're professionally um, trying to find out the best possible way to uh, compete with each other. And they will try and bend and break the rules and find the best possible way to do things. And they'll develop a, an unwritten set of rules or best practices for playing the game which become the written rules and practices often cases that you can see. If you see something like League of Legends or Dota or other competitive games, the community will follow the professionals and the, as the meta is built up and copy their tactics and copy their strategies and stuff. And in terms of sanction, the, the community in a sense sanctions or rewards. So in a sense of sanction, they might sanction people who kind of like break the rules deliberately. And is that a distinction between noob and experienced or? Yeah, I mean, new players have a really hard time getting into games that have a meta that's been building up over a number of years because they're just, there's so much to learn. I think part of the challenge for those games marketing themselves actually is to get new players in and not have them scared off by the steep learning curve of all the unwritten rules of the game that have been built up by the players. So there, in terms of Apex as a, as a uh, hosted sort of real-time game, I'm intrigued by how the random group formation, that is if you don't have friends in the game, but they've got this subtle mechanism, for, well, it's, it's, a, it's a deliberate mechanism for matching people with apparently low experience with mm. each other. And there's a sort of long apprenticeship as you go up, leveling up. There's little cues or clues that the, the developers have left in the configuration and, and setup that hint at the behavior Plus, they've got these controlled communicative devices that obviously the players try and get around. Once you have a friend or a couple of friends playing, you'll be on another channel and developing your own norms of behavior, but also discussing and, and making sense of what you see other players doing in the game, particularly the very skilled players. And is there any incentive in Apex for skilled players to teach new players? Yeah, that's a good question. There are games that have that inbuilt even, um, you know, those certain games that would have people playing professionally as well. They're like Dota 2 is a game that's a, a multiplayer online battle arena game where people you know, people can play it professionally and earn a lot of money doing it and everything. But uh, they just to compare that to League of Legends, another battle arena game that where people can play professionally. And in Dota, players are incentivized to teach each other stuff like experience points leveling up gear loot something like that you know uh, that incentivizes the player to teach new players yeah so a mechanic an actual mechanic for reward that uh, enables an advanced player to progress in other areas it's interesting um 
talking about that idea of, of a mechanic, though, but you certainly want it to be more than just a mechanism. I've been uh, looking at how conversation and narrative is it's a long long problem that game game designers have is how to make the um, AIs more human in a sense and how to make the narrative the game the way it unfolds more meaningful and in some cases you just you know the players just click 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 through they don't actually read the dialogue or engage in that sort of more human sort of social sense making and agency making sense of the game or having agency in where the game develops I think as a designer, you just have to accept that even if you're making a really story-rich game, that some people will just want to play it for the loot or the you know, other experiences, the fun, and, and not the story at all. You mentioned that you actually like watching people play sometimes. and that is that a thing, to be sort of fly on the wall? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like You're kind of getting the experience of the game, and you feel like you're in an audience somehow as well. You know, if you're watching a film in the, in the cinema... It, especially with comedy and everything or horror it's so much more enjoyable when you're experiencing other people's reactions as well so experience of watching someone else play as an audience isn't mm. as shallow i i mean i can sense that if i'm a dota player i appreciate the art and and skill of the very the you know the top players i can could be a cool thing to go to an arena and to see it all and to to have that experience so maybe a sort of footnote to this. Um, what do you think is, is uh, going to be the impact of AI players against human players? Um, is, that a, is that a thing? Is that something people aren't interested is, is Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely in fast-paced competitive games, AI is an interesting one. Um, just going back to League of Legends and Dota 2 again, um, the, it's interesting because League of Legends have never been able to develop a competitive AI that can really compete with human players like you can always beat the ai like a, a new player could beat the di- most difficult ai in, in league of legends whereas in dota um actually i think it was elon musk developed a an ai that uh it, it learns i think it uses like machine learning as it goes along and, it, and they put professional players up against this ai and they weren't able to defeat it so it's really interesting it's really breakthrough in ai in in competitive games we're going to have people sort of saying this game's better or worse because it's it's uh, less amenable to being controlled by AI. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it, there's a a good feeling when you when you play against players and you and you beat them. You know, there's a better feeling. It, it just feels more rewarding for me, anyway. For some reason, I think I think AI in RPGs or role playing games, more story based games, is is a little more iffy. Like it's there's always going to be the uncanny valley in terms of you know visuals and then. I think uh, mocap, like motion capture, has really brought something new to to that. Um, like, in characters and games can be played by actual actors now. An actor can go and um, it, they can perform the part of NPCs in games. So it brings another element of movies, I think, into games where the the body language of of a character is now so much more believable because of motion capture, and they'll capture face um, you know, dialogue as well, face capture dialogue and everything. So yeah, that's interesting. Like, uh, it's still acted, so you've got that that rift still, but it's yeah, it's 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 definitely coming along. I think. So the potential for this new game for the that's coming out, Cyberpunk, with Keno Reeves as a sort of character in the scene in in the design of it, it'll be it'll feel more like Keno Reeves when you look at him. But I, I wonder about the dialogue, as you say, some of it's going to be pre-canned, but is there going to be uh, conversational AI that's 
that has meaning that has you get you always get the the, the debate between voice acted main characters as well and and just text where they like we we're talking about breath of the wild where they've always left link's voice out of it even though they put other voices in and the player can kind of fill in those gaps themselves and somehow that's more immersive than hearing a you know a, a, an, or not an artificial voice but an acted voice or something mm. yeah no i get that um, and some of those uh, text box um, story-driven games, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of change, particularly with uh, advances in AI and, and the plausibility of the um, NPC and its interaction with the, the human. And the interaction with the world as well is something, something that always makes NPCs more believable is when they're actually, they actually seem like they have their own life in the world or they're doing other things that aren't just all focused around the player. They have their own, they seem to have their own agency, like they're, they're going about their day. And if you want to see them, you'll have to be at a certain place at a certain time or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've all got, I'm sure there's many examples where that's purely mechanical, but uh, to have that more meaningful contextual time related location mm. in game, um, ah, there's some really big advances, big, big, big developments coming f- through on that, uh, and you see a lot of change. Um, the Xenoblade uh, uh, series, there's this kind of the classic kind of N- NPC uh, in a village or a town is is very much it's time related, and th- these are sort of essentially automatons going around a track, like the old. Uh, Disney uh, land um, animatronics as we move beyond that that's that's grand for game uh, it's not very rich and it's not a very rich experience well the side quests make use of it quite nicely in Xenoblade and other games but to have it totally open rather than scripted yeah that's that's going to be something yeah there's a there's always a thing with dialogue as well where they're um you know saying have you ever played Mass Effect or some or games like that Fallout or Mass Effect yeah you'll have dialogue options and they'll try to give the illusion of um, choice, like a, a a choice-based story, what they called, choose your own adventure kind of, where the outcome of the story will be different depending on what, what you choose and the outcome of your character development, your own character's development, they'll have good or evil points or something like that. And you can choose different dialogue options. Um, a disappointment that's been voiced by the by gaming communities is when there's a there's a, there seems to be options in dialogue and when you choose one thing the character will actually say something else that's just kind of related to what you chose and you know just it's a bit strange or it's a bit sort of off-putting we hope you enjoyed this game chat please do subscribe and listen to more episodes